Only fools rush in But I can't help Falling in love with you Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Sunday Punch Podcast here, tuning live on Lollapalooza weekend here in Chicago. So I thought, might as well get Aiden Grogan on the show. Let's talk a little music. How you doing, bud? Doing well. Fantastic. You you play you play an instrument, correct? I play guitar and drums. Guitar and drums, and which do you like better? Uh, guitar, because that's that was my first instrument. That's the instrument that you kind of write music on. Now, why do you? Now, I want to get to the bottom of this. The main reason you started playing music, and and uh, if it aligns with what I think it is. Uh, well, I got I got inspired by the movie School of Rock. That's basically how it started. Oh, I watched, really? I watched that movie and I decided I wanted to write a song. So I wrote a song when I was like 10 years old and I didn't know how to play an instrument at the time, obviously. And then that led by succession of events into actually learning guitar. Do you remember that song? Kinda, yeah. Now, what was the, what was the message of the song? Um, there was no message at all. It was, it was just the random ramblings of a 10-year-old. I would love to. I would love to hear that one day. Um, mm. Oh, I thought it was always just to, you know, impress girls. I thought that's why everyone picks <laughs> up a guitar. Uh, well, any guitar player is going to try that from time to time. Because why wouldn't you? Right. I mean, you're up there. You know, you already have everyone's attention. Mm-hmm. Now you're showing. You're demonstrating value. The Always Sunny Dennis system. Demonstrate value. You can play yeah. an instrument. You can play guitar. Um, the weird thing is I've talked to girls about this and they, they find it uncomfortable when someone plays them a song. <laughs> it has to be in the right setting. Right. Well, I was reading like, I'm reading this Elvis book, uh, last train to Memphis. And he would just play all the time, just like just hanging out. And he'd be like, Hey, hey you know, someone would have to ask him cause he was a shy guy, but He'd have no problem doing just like a, you know, two people hanging out on a on a Wednesday night. I'm just going to start playing like 10 songs here for you. Yeah, see, the, the culture's changed now because I've been in situations where I'd have another guitar player in the room and then we'd both start playing together and there'd be maybe five, six other people and they'd just be looking at us like, why are you playing guitar? Oh, in college. Before college, I remember a specific time in high school because I had a band in high school. And so we kind of hung out and then there were other people there and we'd be playing guitar and they'd just be kind of giving us weird looks as they talked amongst themselves. So the guitar wasn't cool at that point. No, it's 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 incrementally going out of style. And that's why Gibson declared bankruptcy a couple of years ago. Because all the young people are more into the mixing boards and the the pioneer systems, all the electronic stuff. Uh, there's still there's still a large amount of people who who find classic rock and, and uh, older type of music interesting, and, and the guitar is still cool generally, but it's not as 
interesting to people as it may have been in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Back then, if someone started playing a guitar in a room of a few people, everybody would start watching the person playing the guitar. Now it's a hit or miss. Hmm. Now, but so it sounds like you don't like electronic uh, dance music. Or how about house music? I don't like music that erases the human element. So if... if well, the, you need the, the DJ, you need the human to put together the song, right? Well, increasingly, that's not the case. Uh, because, as I said, in my, my latest video on my YouTube channel is about music. And there's this new app that writes a song for you. All you do is click a button and it allegedly composes a song for you. And the whole idea is so that people can act like they're musicians because an app made them a supposedly original song. Now, that's not necessarily what the EDM and dubstep artists are doing, but they are nevertheless sitting at a computer sampling other people's music ripping off other people's music and then putting a bunch of effects on it. And, and ultimately anybody can learn how to do that. It's like learning how to use a computer software, whereas learning an instrument and in composing music requires a lot of time and discipline. So if you're going to become a songwriter and presumably you're going to learn guitar or piano, yet requires several years of, of, of discipline and focus to get to a point where you can be pretty decent at that instrument and then start writing decent songs. Whereas with electronic music, all you really have to do is sit down at the computer and, and, and focus for maybe a few days on how to learn the program. And so I just don't have respect for people who don't actually take the time to learn a real instrument and then compose music with the physical instrument. Mm -hmm. But you would say that some of the house DJs are great musicians. Uh, if they if they play actual instruments, then sure. If if you you, you can be a house well, musician, wait, wait. Uh, well, not instruments. So so they're still mixing, but there's there's DJs that are obviously superior, far superior than just someone who's just kind of picking it up and learning the program. Like you still have to have a musical sense of what are people going to like to hear together and how can I kind of be the maestro, you know, here and make it all work together. Perhaps, but if you're not actually playing an instrument and you're not recording an instrument, then there's no human element. And, and ultimately what these people are doing is they're just sampling other beats. And so it's like you, 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 create a electronic mix you can literally sit down at a macbook pro and press the key h and it's going to be like and that's all you have to do and then you could press other keys and it'll make different sounds i i've gone through garage band experimented with that all the time and it's like wow if i did this on stage people would think that i'm some experienced dj yet i've never done this for more than five minutes uh, so it's it's not as uh uh skilled as they make it sound they're they're mm -hmm. just they're kind of computer nerds who happen to uh have an interest in making sounds but the thing is music is so much more than sounds it's 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 something which 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 uh 
expresses uh, an order. And, and as I made the case in my video, the, the, the goal of music, as traditionally understood, was melody. So the, the harmony, the rhythm is there to kind of support the melody. And that's what's fading out of modern music, not just electronic, but rap, uh, pop, hip hop. Melody is going out of fashion. And then you just have this pulsing rhythm. Uh, and I'm sure they're hearing a lot of that at Lollapalooza this weekend, where people are just spastically moving to this this just repetitive pulsing rhythm. And so it, it kind of mimics the, 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 the forces of nature. It, it, it kind of reflects our animal nature rather than trying to elevate people up to something higher. So, so melody is kind of the spirit, whereas rhythm is sort of uh, our animal instincts. And, and if, if all, if music is directed towards uh, the latter rather than the former, uh, that 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 is going to reflect itself in the society. And one one example of that is when the Rolling Stones played the song "Sympathy for the Devil" uh, back in the '60s. And it's not if you listen to the recording, it's not a super intense song. But when they play it live with with a lot of guitar distortion and the drums are pounding, and and the people are really getting into it, it's it's arousing this this. Uh, this this intense passion in the people where they go crazy and you look at all this type of modern music with this fast pulsing rhythm people go crazy to it and you see this in metal and, and hardcore punk music as well where the music is designed to create mosh pits to create destruction and so it's all kind of directed towards this nihilistic chaos this passion for for uh annihilation whereas true music should be uh, directed in the opposite direction, so towards beauty and construction and 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 spirit. Uh, so, who are you? Uh, I have I have many many questions, but who are you enjoying right now? Uh, I, I haven't even been paying attention to music recently. I'll tell you what, Matt. I went to a concert Friday night here in Chicago. His name is um, Duckworth. D-U-C-K-W-R-T-H. And he combines um, a little bit like R&B and, and rap. Um, and he was awesome. So he had a full band there with him. And uh, this was at Bottom Lounge, West Loop, in case anyone wants to check it out. Uh, but yeah, he he had converted guy uh, like his whole album. So he had a guitar, he had drums, he had a backup singer. And it was awesome. It was great. So that's that's a new guy. If you're looking for a new guy uh, to listen to, now back to the the subject matter at hand here. You say now, but you would consider it music, though, right? House music. You said you know pop is the deconstruction, rap maybe, but it's still music, right? It's it's music light because I I think. Uh, in, in this relativistic culture, there's this tendency for people to say anything can be music, anything can be art. So and this is this is particularly worse in the art world where people will just throw some paint on a canvas and say, this is a work of art because I say it is. And it's not. You, so well, the thing is with those types of artists. Right. So that's abstract. All of those artists that are, are making those obscene amount of money. Right from quote unquote random shit on a canvas 
they have all perfected art, right? So they could draw a landscape. They could, they've been to art school, they could draw the apple in the bowl and it would be perfect and realistic. But since they've finally made it to that point, now they're expressing themselves as an artist. And so that's what is selling, not so much just the art piece itself. But that doesn't make it art still. That may maybe their well, maybe their other art is art, but if you're just throwing some paint on a canvas, that's not art. And there's there's been this big phenomenon in art galleries where the janitor will pick up a piece of trash and throw it out, and then it turns out that that was supposed to be a work of art on display. So obviously that's not art. If 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 the well, janitor, if someone considers it art, then it is art. Right? No, because that's 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 this nominalist idea. Well, that's like religion, though. You know, it's like you know, a lot of people believe in certain religions. Now, some outside observer could say, "No, it's been proven scientifically that's not that's not the case." But since some believe in it, it still exists as a religion. Just like some art would still be art, even though the majority of people on the outside of the you know of the piece would say, Oh no, that's just a trash can. Yeah. So, but, but what you're arguing for is, is moral relativism that, that just because a group of people say it's true, therefore it's true to them. I'm coming from a position of saying actually there is objective truth. And, and as a, as a way of proving this, if people go to Paris, they're all going to flock to the Notre Dame cathedral. They want to see that. And no one's going to, desecrate the Notre Dame Cathedral. People naturally respect it, even if they're secular and, and atheistic. They still look at this building and say, wow, that's beautiful. People worked on that for, for uh, their entire lives and they died before its completion. That, that commands respect. On the other hand, there are all these ugly project buildings on the outside of Paris with graffiti all over them. Now, why does that happen? That happens because people intrinsically understand that there is an objective standard of beauty and they are willing to desecrate something that is objectively ugly and they are not willing to desecrate something that is objectively beautiful. So the argument can be made for moral relativism in certain respects, but everybody intrinsically knows that there is truth, there is beauty, there is good. The, the, these are universal categories. They are not all relative to the individual and that applies also to music of course right okay so back to that um i know that having but like a rap song could have um like good rap has melody rhythm and metallica can't do what kendrick lamar does and kendrick lamar can't do what metallica does but i would consider them if you like music like I do, like equally good, equally good mus musicians. Well, undoubtedly one is going to be better than the other. I, I, I hold to that. I don't think everyone is just equal in their talent. See this, in this whole idea that everyone's equal, obviously people have a, a, a wide range of, of talent and, so, so the way the way I look at it, it, this this was the case that the the English philosopher Roger Scruton 
made the case. He said, uh, when, when young people are being educated to understand music and what's objectively good and not good, uh, he said, you, 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 you show a, a class of students Lady Gaga's poker face, and you say, listen, this whole verse is only one note. Blah, 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 poker face. Blah, 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 poker face. And then you show um, something by Elvis, which was the example he used, and say, okay, here you have a melody. Now, these are both pop songs, but if you can kind of deconstruct them, you might see that there's, there's logical reason to prefer one over the other. Because one has actual skill, actual time and effort was put into constructing this, this great melody. It stands the test of time. People still listen to Elvis. Who's really going to listen to Poker Face in 50 more years? So, so a, lot of it, a lot of it comes down to what can stand the test of time. And we still listen to Elvis. We still listen to the Beatles. We still listen to Frank Sinatra because they wrote songs that are just sort of universally good everybody recognizes the melody in hey jude everyone recognizes the melody in uh new york new york by frank sinatra uh with a well, okay so real quick the problem with elvis the the elvis example is so when elvis came out it was not universally good it was only good to young people mm-hmm Everyone else thought it was terrible. They thought it was devil's work. Actually, you know, because there was no rock and roll. I mean, Elvis did invent an entire genre by himself. So there, at that point, there was, you know, gospel, hillbilly. And so he was doing a little bit of mixture of both, which turned into rock and roll. And so I guess my point would be like, okay, today you don't think, right, like um, whatever – you know, well, let's use a popular artist. Like, let's say, you know, Eminem, right? Is like, when he first came out, was, you know, parents thought he was horrendous, but the young kids knew that it was really good. So that my point is, could like these rappers that are kind of changing the game, not all rappers, but like the top 10%, could they then in 50 years be considered the Elvis of their time. I highly doubt that because the thing with older artists, even, even Buddy Holly would fit into this category of a, of a rock and roll artist that the parents said, this is the devil's music. They were still writing these great melodies that would sort of echo throughout the ages. So everybody would hear that melody, even someone whistling it, even someone just playing it on a piano and immediately say, that's that song. No one's going to be able to play Lose Yourself by Eminem on a piano and, and have it register with people. No one's going to start rapping it and everyone's going to go, wow, that's that song. Because there's, it, doesn't, it doesn't create anything that's actually timeless. Now, now maybe Lose Yourself is not the best example because there is that, that guitar riff. He used an actual guitar in the song, which is... And it also you can do like the the start of the song is 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 pretty solid, and I think you could. Oh, we're breaking out the guitar here. We're doing live music. Yeah, there. Yep. So you telling me that that wouldn't be 
universally good i mean that's a that's a good riff right well i agree it's a good riff and Um, the rap you're you're see the problem is you're discounting the rap part which also is a is a talent you have to be able to put together the words at a certain rhythm to hit the points in time during the melody to make it sound pleasing to the ear is definitely a talent well there's no melody it's a sense of rhythm there's no melody in in the song really he said maybe it's slightly in the chorus but it's rap is monotone it is it is poetry being read to a rhythm so there's there's no melody there's nothing that really raises you up to a, a higher level there's nothing that sort of calls you to the divine in rap music now a lot of people like it they I think I think with rap it gets people sort of pumped up. It gets them into a, a sort of mood, um, but it it doesn't it doesn't accomplish what music has traditionally sought to accomplish, and that is to sort of elevate being. Rap, rap does not accomplish that, and 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 rap will not be remembered in 500 years the way that Beethoven or Mozart are remembered right now. Because Beethoven and Mozart could create melodies that are so powerful that people are always going to remember and recognize them. And, and so the, the uh, but this is not to say that there's not music that's being made timeless right now. Uh, so I had, a, I had to make a presentation for a music appreciation class that I took in high school. And, and you had to pick a new artist that you think could be timeless. And I don't think many artists right now are going to be timeless, but I did pick an Imagine Dragon song, the song called Demons, because I, and I looked at the lyrics. I said, okay, this does have a great, powerful melody, and the lyrics are about a topic that can apply to human beings in all ages. And I compared that to uh, a Miley Cyrus song, I think it was called We Can't Stop, which is about snorting cocaine in the bathroom at a club. And I said, see, this is this is how we must distinguish between objectively good, timeless music with a great enchanting melody and just uh, trash that is trendy and pop culture that is that is never going to stand the test of time. So that that's the ultimate difference that people need to see. But but we live in this this relativistic culture where people are too afraid to cast judgment and say that there might be a reason for preferring a certain type of music over another. And not everyone is just equal. You can't just because you can make some noise on a Macintosh laptop does not mean that that you are equally talented as uh, John Fogarty of Creedence Clearwater Revival. Well, what what about access though? Too like you know, I think rap was spawned because you didn't have access to buy a guitar, and you're in the projects, and so you can't like uh, start playing the like practice the guitar every hour of the day. So you need to you know, it it was born out of a necessity of I want to do music, but I, I don't have the access. Sure, but that's 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 creating sympathy for uh, a socioeconomic situation, and and uh, you could equally say that that applies to artists in the Renaissance who didn't have access to uh, uh, canvas to to paint, or 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 writers and poets who who uh, were basically illiterate and didn't didn't have access to to uh, 
writing materials and uh or 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 people like this is this applies in all ages just like before the printing press only a small group of people were educated to be able to read and write because they couldn't mass produce texts so you had all these people who were poor and impoverished who could have been uh, great geniuses they could have been great poets and great writers but they were never able to realize that so just because someone comes from squalid economic conditions doesn't mean that the quality of their work is any better so there still has to be that objective standard i guess but like if all those people then figured a way to break into the industry anyway right just like rap broke through the music industry and and was and and was popular because it you know it wouldn't be a thing unless people it resonated with people um and now that it does it's a whole genre of music which didn't exist you know 100 years ago yeah well it's it's the the music is is increasingly uh, moving away towards melody and beauty and the art world is doing this. Literature is doing this. This is this is just a phenomenon in the modern world. Uh, but then when it comes to the music industry, uh, I think a lot of people assume that genuinely good acts will get popular and be successful. But that's not really the way it works. The, the industry uh, has the power to pick a certain artist and make that artist a star. So it comes down to who they want to get behind, what they specifically want to promote. Uh, so there's, I assume there's tons of great artists out there uh, that for whatever reason, the industry does not want to promote. So it's, I, I don't buy into uh, the idea that the consumers actually drive the music market. I think the, the industry is deciding what the masses should like. And that's well, just... well, wouldn't it be like nowadays, it'd be pretty easy if I worked at like a music or at a record label, like if someone could generate a small sample size of popularity based off their YouTube views or something else, right? And even if it was local market, I could take those analytics and say, wait a second, comparing these five artists based on and, you know, general marketing strategies of, oh, this guy's good looking and charismatic versus this guy's kind of, you know, withdrawn and not who I want to promote because I need guys on, you know, tour and connecting with the audience. Couldn't you use that data and be like, okay, well, of the five that are creating music right now, I'm going to go with this guy because I've 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 studied all the analytics and he's the most popular. So I'm going to put my money behind the most popular guy. Just like when Elvis came out and women were, you know, sneaking out of their house to go see him like like the guys around elvis were like oh we we got something here wait a second let's 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 put all of the backing behind, behind yeah this guy. well well the difference back then is the industry was willing to take risks with with new uh interesting talent whereas today uh they play it much more safe and this is why they go to nickelodeon and disney and and basically groom these uh child actresses to become pop stars uh, like like hannah montana you know and then the industry turns her into this sex symbol and and people think that that's that's miley cyrus's uh autonomous choice 
they think that the industry is not saying, listen, uh, we're going to make you a sex symbol so we can sell more music. Uh, uh, but, but regardless, so back in the day, the reason that you got kind of in new, interesting talent bursting into the mainstream is because the industry was much more willing to take risks. They were much willing to sign artists that they weren't so sure about. And also, uh, especially in, well, I'd say all through the era of rock and roll, they didn't just sign people based on looks or based on personality. They, it was genuinely about the music. So this is why you had a lot of very ugly rock stars. Most rock stars were very ugly dudes. Um, and they, especially in the 1990s, they didn't dress fancifully. They just dressed in jeans and flannels. That was like Kurt Cobain. Uh, but then in the 2000s, everything started to become about the whole image and the personality. And I, even, when I was in high school, actively pursuing music, I would, I would, and looking into well, how do you, how do you get signed onto a record label? I saw this, uh, you know, what do they even call them? The, the, the A and R people or whatever the, the, the agents. Um, this one guy said what he looks for in an artist is that the, the audience wants to be him. They want to be him. And it was nothing at all about the music. It was all about the image and the personality. And I thought, well, it, the, the, the goal of music is to make good music. That's what the industry should be signing. But they're not. They're signing because, oh, this person's going to be like a god and everyone's going to want to worship this person. So it's like it's it's based – the industry now is all about just idolatry. Let's get this artist who's beautiful and the, the men will want to be with her and the woman will want to be her. So Well, well wait a second then. Well, then, then how do you explain like Lizzo? Because she's – the music, she's very good. She can hit – all the notes to me, uh, she makes catchy songs. I remember I listened to her first album before she got famous at all. Not good looking, overweight. Guys don't want to get with her. I don't think girls want to be her. So really, it's just the music then. Well, there's always exceptions. Of course, there's going to be exceptions. And music is kind of, di it's different right now. It seems kind of like a, a free for all. Because uh, every year as people move away from buying music through iTunes or record stores and just stream it on Spotify or SoundCloud, anyone can throw up music and put it online. Uh, anyone can have a YouTube. Anyone can have a SoundCloud. So you're seeing more of a DIY approach to it where it's becoming a bit more entrepreneurial. But there, there's still there's there's no chance that traditionally good rock bands for instance can burst into the mainstream so a few years ago there was a band called the struts that was making great hit songs now the 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 producers made them sound a little poppy there was kind of some overproduction on the music it probably wasn't as garagey as they wanted it to sound but nevertheless, as good as that band was, they could only get to sort of the edge of the mainstream. They played at Lollapalooza in the day. Then they played at Bottom Lounge, I remember. And I saw them there. 
six cool. that was six years ago but as good as they were they could only have like one run where they're maybe being played on the radio a little bit getting some views on youtube and then they're done because the industry is not going to mass promote a band like that to make it sort of as big as billy well, you, you gotta pay all those people yeah. <laughs> well, there's just one artist, you know. Sure, you get the backup people who are doing the, the instruments, but you don't have to pay them as much as, let's say, uh, George Harrison. That's that's one possibility, I'm sure. But I think they're more interested in uh, promoting just one good-looking person that's going to be sort of an idol. You can and also control one person. Like if one person in the band like has that is goes, true. Is like I don't want to do this. Then yeah. you're like, oh well, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. People come to the shows for you. Yeah. Well, you know, and and like the leverage that that causes too. Of, yeah. Of like, oh, I'm not doing it. So now what? Yeah. Well, the industry's latest big star that I've kind of paid attention to is Billie Eilish, and all the young girls go crazy for Billie Eilish. And it's just an example of some of, of mediocre music that for some reason, the industry just promotes to the highest level. And Billie Eilish is, is an example of music that I will, I will, I will judge negatively because there's no melody going on in her music first of all she's not writing her music it's her brother who's the brains behind it she might be contributing but supposedly it's her brother who's who's he is he has a great album too i listened to it it's awesome i haven't heard that but um <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah he's he's a really good album yeah he so he does. he's probably he's probably a real musician he's probably a great musician but but i'm just saying the billy eilish phenomenon is is what's really happening in modern music where it's just this like sort of pulsing rhythm. And then just this very monotone uh, melody or lack thereof. So B Billie Eilish's voice is just kind of all this, this whispering and there's no clear order to the music. I don't even know how you can get into it or sing along to it because there's really nothing going on there. Uh, his brother, her brother's name is Phineas. His artist's name, Phineas. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of good songs. Check him out. Um, I've I've heard some Billy Eilish songs. I think they're pretty good. Uh, have you listened to uh, "Happier Than Ever"? Yes. But that was that, that. That's a good song. Why? <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I'm not breaking it down from like a very scientific way. Like for me, it's music is all right. I listened to it. Did I like it? Yes. Okay. That's that's music to me then. That's why I like all music, right? So I two weekends ago went to a house music show. And uh, you know, I was like I'd rather be, you know, maybe watching a live band or something, but I get it. You know, you got the you got the the beat and it's easy to dance to. So, you know, if you love dancing, then I think it, it serves its purpose. And then uh, and then I'll go to a rap show. And I and I, if it's good, then I like it. And then I'll go to 
I would go to a Rolling Stones show. That would be amazing. So to me, it's just like I listened. I liked it. That's music to me. Done. If I don't like it, right? Now, there's like a lot of new rappers that I don't like because I don't know. I'm just they're, they're To your point, the negativity and the, I don't know, the darkness, I'm trying to stay away from that kind of stuff right now. But I don't know. I mean, I've, I've always thought that the younger generation obviously gravitates towards the kind of nihilistic thing that you mentioned. I mean, that's why Nirvana was so popular. So um, back to the main point, happier than ever. I just thought it was good. I listened to it, said, yeah, I could listen to that a few more times. Done. Put it on the playlist. Yeah, I actually listened to that song this morning because I wanted to bring up Billie Eilish. And it's, it's there's something about her songs where there's there's no clearly identifiable melody. You can't follow it. You can't say, okay, here's the verse, here's the chorus. Or and if, it's some, if it's supposed to be experimental... Uh, then fine, but there should still be some structure to the song. It's this, because I wonder if when she went to the studio, did she know precisely what the melody she's going to sing is? Or did she just kind of wing it like, because that's the way it sounds when you listen to it. Whereas a melody is, you can map it out on a staff. If you, you can write out the notes, you can say, okay, there's a B, there's a D, there's an A. Uh, there's a there's a uh, a C sharp with some of this these modern songwriters you can't clearly identify a melody as I said it just sounds like they're just sort of speaking words in just a, a whole variety of random notes so there's it, I, here's a comment and this is exactly what I need to. <clears throat> articulate so yes this is this is what matt wolf said doesn't have to be good music technically it's um subjective there are plenty of people that don't want to listen to elvis or sinatra that's true uh and uh you know he agrees about billy eilish but yeah if enough people like it right to be what i mean she's very profitable this isn't like a let's go back to the art uh, comparison one person liked the Jackson Pollock and paid a million dollars for it. This is a lot of people liking the music and saying, yes, I'm into this. Right. So that makes it music. Now, if we went into a music class, no, if we went into a music class, if we went into a music class, yes, maybe the teacher would say, um, actually, you know, it's not following the melody because you should be map mapping the B, the D, the A. It's like, well, now we're getting a little too scientific and a thing that should be not scientific. It should be from from the uh, the inner soul and, and come out of you. Of well, you. It, That's it, what it, Elvis was doing, dude, when he changed the game, okay? If Elvis would have went into a music class back then, the music teacher would have been like, what are you doing? This isn't, this is, this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit into the, into the school book, Okay. And Elvis would say, well, I don't care because that's that's what I like. Perhaps. But you spoke about the soul. OK, so I'm going to bring up Plato's tripartite of the soul. He, he said there's reason, spirit and uh, passion. 
the soul is divided into sort of a hierarchy. So the reason is obviously your mind, spirit is your heart, and rhythm is your groin. And <laughs> and that's a fact. Well, it's it, let's the, just get this through. The body is, is in your groin. Yes. Well, it, it it is. It's the lower part of yourself. So right. the it, the the music that you create will be an expression of your soul. And if your music is places a total emphasis on rhythm and no emphasis on spirit or harmony or melody, uh, then what that suggests is that your soul is aimed towards chaos and untempered uh, nihilistic activity. It's geared towards pleasure. It's, it's, it's geared towards uh, the earth and that which is sort of fallen. Um, so it's not like just because someone's expressing their soul that their soul is good. Not everybody has a good soul. So I'm coming at this from the perspective of saying there, ha there ought to be an objective standard of beauty. There's an object just because 70% of the people believe that that uh, WAP is a good song does not make WAP a good song. So and, and there's a there's a large leap between WAP and happier than ever to me. I I agree I agree, but still, happier than ever is a little closer but, but to still, wait. So, could so, this be music? Yeah, the masses do not decide what is good. That's yeah. that's that's important to to understand. So if, for example, and that applies to the United States Constitution, just because ninety percent of the people might want to take the guns away doesn't mean that the Supreme Court and the legislature is able to say, well, the 90% of the people want to take the guns away, so therefore that must be what's good, that must be what's true. The, the, the Supreme Court would say, no, that's unconstitutional because we're founded on this idea that uh, people have certain objective rights to, to protect and defend themselves against government and the unruly masses who might want to take away their freedoms. And so, so in your world, then the Supreme Court would then say, and also, just while we're on the gun thing, uh, happier than ever is not music. And that's what we're ruling <laughs> based off of these standards that we now have. Yes. We're gonna, oh, and by the way, we're also canceling out Cardi B. <laughs> on, on with your day. Uh, in, in, in the ideal world, uh, WAP would, would not exist. And it would it would be considered obscenity, and like there there would be laws that would say you can you can't just release this type of music to the masses. You can you could you could play it in your bedroom. You can even play it live at a Dude, club. Now you're you're saying you're sounding like the the guy the parents in in the last uh, Train to Memphis book I'm reading. Yeah, that's what they're saying about Elvis. You shouldn't be able to play it. It's it's the devil's music. He's shaking he's shaking his hips up there, and obviously everyone's like, "Well, sh sh shut up! You're not cool." No, I'm just talking about. He wasn't trying to uh, sexualize children. That's the difference. Uh, Cardi B is well, why is Cardi B sexualizing children? Because she's singing about her WAP to twelve year old girls. Well, wait a second. 
Why is she? Why is she singing the twelve-year-old girls? Because that's listening. You twelve-year-old girls. That's if that's who listens. That's who listens. I mean, I'm sure twelve-year-old girls are watching Elvis like thrust his pelvis up there, dude. But Elvis is not sending these overt sexual signals. Elvis is thrusting your pelvis so, on stage. Well, it's so innocent compared to. Right, right. I know, but like (laughs) it's innocent compared to the times now. But uh, what I'm saying is for now, will it be, will that song be innocent to what we get to? What we get to is going to be, which is just uh, sex on a stage. Uh, I, I think it'll be a little worse than that. I think, uh, just, just, you just look at the the, the trajectory. So it's like, yeah, the, the, the parents in the fifties were correct because if they, if they said like this type of music is just going to get objectively more, uh, uh, profane and, and, and which it did, it did. So they were correct. If they, if they were saying we should have outlawed Elvis, I'm not saying that, but I'm (laughs) saying I would support, uh, obs- obscenity laws on just the most vulgar pornographic music and just say, listen, there's kids out there. We don't want the next generation uh, to grow up listening to this trash because nothing influences people more than music. So, uh, and this all goes back to just, you need to have an objective standard and uh, libertarians and liberals think, no, this, this state can't interfere in any of this but no 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 i think you're now i think you're going to the liberal side the liberals always want the government to get involved and so that what they would say is if this was on the opposite and everyone was singing about uh you know how abortion was wrong (laughs) then liberals would say oh the government should should really step in here whereas the conservatives and the libertarians would be like no, don't get involved, please, in music. I don't because that's another slippery slope. Because then, what do they consider obscene? It's like sexism. I, I, yeah. I think you know it's up to the parents to say, I don't want to see you or or even catch on your phone that you have Cardi B on your Spotify. Well, that's where it's got to start. It's got to start from the home. But if you just send this this message throughout the whole culture this just this this vulgar pornographic message the kids are gonna hear it anyways and well they're gonna they're gonna watch it on tiktok they're good that's exactly that's exactly where i was going with this so it's like you, the parents well let me and, play my favorite tiktok clip. Often, baby i can let the be red if i do this every day i say often that's Patrick Mahomes' little brother. It's just funny. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on TikTok, dude? This, this TikTok. is this is this is what's propagating all of these these darn rappers. Yeah, TikTok. I got twelve-year-olds. Yeah. Well, here's twerking. Yeah, here's what I think of TikTok. So in the United States, if you go on TikTok, you make a new account and you're going to see content like what you just showed me. And then you're going to see 16-year-old girls uh, half-dressed twerking and and, uh, making sexual references, uh, just doing very vulgar, trashy things. Meanwhile, in China, the country that 
owns TikTok, the average TikTok is something about science and education and and doing actually interesting things that work people's brains and inspire people uh, because China actually controls what their people can see. And I'm not, for and you mass- want that. No, I'm not for math. I'm, I'm only for quote unquote censorship when it comes to obscenity. Like, like you can't, it starts with, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Okay. You can't take off your pants in public and, and wave your schlong in front of a five-year-old. Okay, that's obscenity. That's public indecency. You should be arrested. So it's it goes the same thing for for if you're the music industry. You you can't just promote these artists that are talking about their WAP to 12-year-old girls and uh, scissoring on stage at the Grammys. Uh, yeah that's true like it's it's that. just it's it's basically indecency and and any sane society would treat it as such it's like listen you can you have freedom of political speech you can express radical views you can be a communist you can be a socialist you can be a fascist uh you can take extreme positions but but it comes to just like leave the kids out of it don't uh don't teach little kids about your sexual Sizzling. fantasies yes it's it's very common sense. Free, free oh. speech was never supposed to mean you can you can scissor on stage at the Grammys half naked. <laughs> oh man, I, I think that's a good I think that's a good place to stop. I always like to stop at scissoring. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I thought that I look. I am open to all music. Yeah. I am open to every type of music. Yeah. Um, we need to have laws against gay frogs. That was th- that was that was too that was a step too far even for me that song, but it was kind of funny <laughs> to me. I'm an old I'm an old an older. It, it, when I when I heard that song and I had, you know, it's just, so just, absurd. Yeah, but people like like girls my age were defending it as actually. Wait a second. Good now. music. Okay, wait a second because when I was in grade school. Keyless came out with that song that said, uh, "My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack." Mm-hmm. That was a song when I was in grade school. Yeah, there's been plenty and, of, and we all turned out fine. No, oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> See, well, I would maybe, I'd maybe make I was that, sexualized too like, early. Like I'm not, maybe that maybe that's my problem I, actually. I, I I, th- I think the the generation every generation except the greatest generation has not turned out fine. Look at the boomers they they grew up on yeah on they're weird acid tripping rock and roll music and free love and they they raised some pretty messed up generations. So I'm not under some impression that uh, it's just the Gen Z kids who are who are yeah. uh, losing losing their focus right. Yeah, we're all fucked up. That's true. Parents, us, grandparents were normal. Yeah, because the culture lost its way in the sixties. Had had a normal, you know, life. Married kids. Mm hmm. No, they didn't listen to Elvis. I was too. Uh, I was too. Yeah, exposed to the sexualization. And then it's getting even worse now, man. Yeah, we're fucked. You're right.
They yeah. didn't listen to Elvis. It all stems with Elvis, dude. Well, Elvis started it all. Elvis started it all. Yeah. He didn't know what he, he was such a nice guy, though. Yeah. He didn't, but imagine, he didn't know. Imagine, he didn't know what he was doing. Imagine it's 1952 and you're 20 years old and, and you go off to you're you're in your your Irish Catholic neighborhood or your Italian Catholic neighborhood or your Polish Catholic neighborhood and all your neighbors are immigrants or first generation immigrants or second generation and these are like this is your little enclave and then they have a dance at some venue down the street and they have a big band playing and you ask another young woman to dance and you dance formally to this formal music and it's all it was all very clear cut like this is what you do you ask right. her to dance, that means you like her. And if she continues to like you, she'll you'll dance again. She has accepted your courting. Yeah, and then you'll walk her home and you'll say, can we go out to dinner next weekend? I'll be here at 5 o'clock and I'll bring you right. back home after. So it's very clear, like, this is what you do and you can't have sex until you're married. Uh, so it's like, and everybody understood that that's the and universal. Nowadays. Yeah, that's the universal like standard. That's the moral standard. Everybody agrees with this. Now there's no clear standards. Just you do you. Uh, so can I grind on your butt? Yeah. No. I'm not even going to ask. No, that's I'm just sexual. going to start yeah. grinding yeah. on your butt. No, that's sexual assault. But to Stacy over there, she's all ready to go for that. So for right. me, it's sexual assault. But for her, it's empowering. Can me and my buddies run a train on you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's gone from dinner to that. It has. So obviously something went wrong. You like ecstasy? <laughs> How about cocaine? Something went very wrong. And WAP is just. I have me. the drugs, but you have to do something in return for them. Right. <laughs> and it started with Elvis. We were, we, we got to, can I take you out to dinner to exchanging sexual acts for drugs and it all started with elvis yeah there's a meme i saw about you know, it shows a guy who's all intense and he's and it says me in the bathroom explaining the brutal reality of world war one trenches and then it shows a girl and it's like the girl who's in the bathroom with me only because i have cocaine <laughs> <laughs> oh man we need to go back i need a time machine yeah to the simpler times all right Hi. i think that's i think it's a good place to end it we're at the 54 minute mark thanks a lot man let's do it again real soon yes uh, it's sunday but as we all know it's always friday night here on the spp friday night i'm thinking that we just might fly away to someplace they don't know who we are Now I'm riding shotgun in your car We drive through the city like explorers going 65 Flowing hair flying across your face We left on Friday, now it's Saturday Press jeans buttoned up, jeans iron slipping up Red shoes walking slow, headphones blaring three stacks Sunglasses flaring out, thick watch hanging low Studded belt pulled taut, three stacks on the radio Friday night, I'm thinking that we just might Run away to some place we, we can be who we are. 
we can be who 